Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I'm so happy to have you here. We're here to make you a smarter and more profitable sports better. And I've got a great show planned for you today. PlayUp Sportsbook presents this show. Head on over to playup.com, sign up for an account, and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. Bet stamp. That's where you can track all the picks made from the Phil Nason Show. We are happy to be partnered with them. You can track our picks. You can buy our packages in one easy to locate and read and validate at one location. It's amazing. That's betstamp.app. And while you're at it, don't forget the Wolf Line. That Wolf Line sports trading newsletter we started last week is crushing the market, and it'll help you crush it too. Sign up over at Betstamp. And you'll get the newsletter delivered daily to you. All right, Michael Newnham's here. What's happening, Michael? Good morning. Good morning. I messed oh, up the it's intro. A good morning, Phil. What's that? You know, you know why it's a good morning? Yes, I do. Go ahead, but you can go ahead and tell the listeners why it's a great morning for you. It's a great morning because Mike Zimmer is gone. He's Fire. gone. They cleaned house. Yeah, they they fired Spielman too. I'm surprised about you know because I did basketball as you remember for so many years. Rarely does the coach and the GM go at the same time, and the GM usually stays years and years later, and coaches and coaches later. The Vikings decided to clean house, and you are not happy about that, or are you? I'm exceedingly happy about it. Tell us why. Well, yesterday, of course, the last game of the year because they didn't make the playoffs. And I was feeling a little sad for Mike Zimmer because Mike Zimmer has done some good stuff in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And he he and Spielman uh, never won the way that we had hoped they would. But they were a stable organization and a good organization. And they were uh, they, they were contenders. They, they were competitive. They weren't embarrassing. So I'm feeling kind of bad about Zim. Hoping that, you know, he lands on his feet. Now I hope he lands on his ass. (laughs) Now tell us why you hope that. So Justin Jefferson is the bright, shining light of the Minnesota Vikings franchise. Mm -hmm. I have a Justin Jefferson jersey. My godson has a Justin Jefferson jersey. That was his Christmas present or my birthday present. He got us both of them, so we match. We go into Costco sometimes wearing them. Great. But this kid is a joy to watch. He brings some fun back into the game. And yesterday he had a chance 
to break the um, season receiving record uh, set by Randy Moss. Now, I think Randy Moss is the greatest wide receiver in football history. I don't think there is. I think it, it's not even close. Mm-hmm. However, he's not a very nice man. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes he's not, yeah, but he's very funny, though. He's very funny at times. He's very smart. But he was a real pain in the backside. Justin Jefferson is amazing. He just It's just a breath of fresh air. So we come down to the fourth quarter, and J.J. needs 17 yards to break the record. Minnesota, at the end of the fourth quarter, getting close to the end, is up two scores. Uh, old, ancient Patrick Peterson picks off a, a pass and turns it into a pick six. We're up and ready to go. And the entire crowd in Minnesota and me in Oregon are like, okay, let's get the ball back. Let's get the ball to JJ. Let's reward this kid for everything he's done for this franchise for two years. And Zimmer runs a draw. (laughs) And ends the game in victory formation with a kneel down. End of the game... Press conference comes up, and the question on everybody's mind is like, why didn't you try to get J.J. the record? Mike Zimmer, I don't care about records. I only care about wins. Okay. Uh, The win was in the bag, jackass. The, the, The win... In a losing season, no question, it's a done deal. What he was is just being petty, just being himself to the end. And you want to know what one of the results of Mike Zimmer being Mike Zimmer is? Hmm. Stefan Diggs is in Buffalo. Right, yeah. And everybody was down on Diggs. when he left, despite the fact that this is the kid that pulled off the Minnesota miracle, who was great there from the day he stepped on the field, this is the kind of BS that makes you, – you, you can't do this in the NFL today. This is a new generation of players. They don't look at things that way. You're not Bill Parcells, Mike. And I don't think Bill Parcells would do real well in today's NFL. And it was just petty. It was mean. And he didn't care. So, Mike, sayonara. (laughs) Sayonara. You know, I know someone who threw balls to Randy Moss in Minnesota. And he he loves the guy. And more importantly... He agree. He's probably agrees with you. I can't speak for that for himself, but I'm sure he was one of the best wide receivers he threw to. And you know what? Randy Moss is Randy Moss. What a talented fella. He gives a lot back to the community, but this Justin Jefferson is special. And Randy Moss wouldn't give a rat's ass about that record because you know what? He, If you watch him on TV, he applauds certain things. 
like record breakers. <laughs> and I'm sure after he swallowed his pride for a moment and realized that his name wouldn't have been on the record books, he would have cheered because you know what? Athletes respect athletes who do the right thing on and off the field. Justin Jefferson is a credit to, first of all, his family. Second of all, to all the coaches who worked with him all the way up through college. And look at what he has done in the pros. To take away that record or an opportunity to break that record, which is a Herculean task to break any Randy Moss record, except for F-bombs in a one-minute segment. Yes. I would say that was a despicable act. I understand his whole, all I care about is wins. Yeah, well, you know what? You have to kind of care about your players, too. I promise you, had that happened, that opportunity was available in Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin would have bent over backwards to make sure that kid had a chance to do that. Yeah, I... Especially in a game where it doesn't mean anything. You're not... That's your last game of the season. You'll have a whole year to recover. And he'd already won. We were up two scorers. I know, huh? Okay, and... You know, I've been a Vikings fan since 1963. Right. This is 2022. That's a long time, Michael. I, I need more than my 10 fingers and 10 toes. Yeah, it's a long, and it's been a long haul. Oh, I know. I'm a Lions fan of 52 years, so I can I, I, I feel your pain. But when you get a kid like that, and he brings joy back to the game. He brings some fun back to the game. And he's not arrogant. He's not mean. He he's just fun to watch. He's a great athlete. You better go out of your way to do the best thing for him, to let us as fans celebrate this kid. It it, it was just low down and petty and get out of here. Yep, get, get out of here. Get out of here. And he did too. And he's out of there, and he can go hang out. He'll probably resurface somewhere else. 74-59-1 over eight seasons. So he did accomplish something. It's not easy to win in the NFL. But if I'm Kirk Cousins, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call an audible, tell him to step over one step, one go one yard, and just turn around, and I'm going to get it for you. You know what? I wasn't going to go there because... I am so not a Kirk Cousins fan. But if this guy had anything in his pants whatsoever, when that draw call came into the huddle, he would have said to his team, ain't no way. This is what we're going to do. Even if he drew it up in the AstroTurf. Right. Yeah. You know, he would have taken control of that moment and got that kid 17 yards. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'll bet you the other team would have laid down for him, too. I suspect they would have. What's the difference? Well, the Bears gave up a quarter before that. that they They were no longer interested in being there. But if Kirk Cousins was a leader of any stripe whatsoever, he would have taken control of that. Because every, everybody knew Zimmer, Zimmer's gone tomorrow. What's he going to do? Yell at you? Right. What's you the know? owner going to do? Say, why did you let that happen? The owner probably would have given him even more money. I would have. You know, grow a pair, Kirk. Get yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, too. Anyway. It is I'm, what it is. But we have others. 
You know, Vic Fangio didn't even make it to Black Monday. He got fired on Saturday after a 19-30 and record in Denver. You know, I, I wonder about that organization sometimes. And, and one of the reasons, you know, the coach before got fired after one season. And uh, this kid, Fangio, he didn't have a chance either. You know, that sometimes these guys don't give them any chance. It takes a while to turn around a culture. To... Here's a, a Fangio. I suspect that he needed to be fired. And, and here's why. The general manager of the Denver Broncos was the general manager in waiting in Minnesota for years and years and years. George Payton waited forever for Rick to either move upstairs or move out. And he was the heir apparent. And he's really good at what he does. Uh, I feel bad for Fangio. He basically was there for three years without a quarterback. Yeah, two and a half seasons, right? Yeah. But there was obviously something. Zimmer was a great defensive coordinator. So was Vic Fangio. I'm not sure either one of them are head coach material. Maybe not, but you can pick on Denver and Fangio because of that man-to-man defense he so uh, likes to tout out. But I wasn't surprised to see him go. That's just a funny organization, and I wouldn't want to coach there. Your life expectancy is not going to be, will not outlast the contract. (laughs) That's just the way it is. They've they've got a they've got a nice foundation laid for somebody though. Yes, they do, and it started yeah. two and a half seasons, three seasons ago. That's not a bad football team, but when you're nineteen and thirty after two and a half seasons, game over, I guess. Yep. See ya. <laughs> All right, here here's the one here. This one, you know, because we talk about Matt Nagy, we knew he was gone. He had one winning season, and he was thirty four and thirty three. That winning season happened to coincide with a historically good Bears defense. And it is what it is. But they also fired Ryan Pace, too. Because when you let go of a kid like Mitch Trubisky, then you don't deserve to. And you draft Justin Fields, who couldn't hit a bull in the ass with a handful of rice. You got that coming. (laughs) I you and Trubisky, I don't understand. <laughs> I love that kid. You know, I was always one of those guys who I, I root for the person that most is most hated, except tennis, because I don't root for Novak Djokovic for financial reasons and personal reasons, which I will not ever go into detail with again, except in my book. I'll tell you all about it when I finally write it. But anyhow... Trubisky won me money at DraftKings, man. And he wasn't that bad. And he had a couple nice receivers, and life was good for him. But, you know, the offensive line wasn't so good. And it is what it is. But Nagy gone. Nothing really to say about him. He just rubbed folks the wrong way, made funny coaching decisions, and this and that. I don't think he was very uh, friendly with the media either. So he's gone. But the one that was surprising today, and, and we this is 11.30 in the morning, Eastern. So there could be others while we do this show. But for the purposes of this show, six coaches are, six vacancies, including the Jags in Vegas, 
Miami fired Brian Flores. 24-25 record, except for the fact that the last two were winning seasons. And I have a trivia question that you can win betting football 101 and betting baseball 101, two books that I've written that were and are seemingly successful. And that question is this. Name the last starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins to win a playoff game. There's your trivia question. If you correctly answer it either to me on Twitter at Cash with Flash, or you come over to Phil Nason's show and leave it in the comments, or email me at, or my email address is phil at philnasonshow.com. I will send those books out to you. Again, who was the last starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins to win a playoff game? Flora's out. Were you surprised by that? Are you surprised by that? I am surprised by it, and I expect that he'll be at the top of the list for the Minnesota Vikings. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, the Wilfs um, are very, uh, how do we put this, socially conscious. And I think that they will be looking first for minority hires for both the open positions. Mm-hmm. And... Flores, by all accounts, is a good football coach. And this is a team that drafted Tua Tagovailoa over Justin Herbert. So who should be fired? The coach? I think not. I'd be looking in the general manager's chair. Uh, They had all of these draft picks. They haven't turned them into much. Um, Flores, by all reports, is a good football coach, good defensive mind for sure, um, with the right offensive coordinator, which is going to be a huge consideration in Minnesota. I think that's where he could uh, end up. That's possible. Good luck to him, though, because I think he got a raw deal in Miami. He got yeah. stuck with Tua. You know, they took a chance on him, and he, he's okay. He's, he'll make a great backup. But he's not that guy. And you know what else? You can't draft a quarterback in the first round and then expect him to protect himself. And that offensive line did not protect him. It's very difficult for all parties, especially for Brian Flores. But I'm sure that he's going to land somewhere, maybe Minnesota. Maybe that's a good call. But you know who didn't get fired this weekend? Who? Me. And you know why you didn't get fired? I do. Um, that's because of the 61-27-2 run with 8-plus money underdogs since week 2 of the NFL season. To, to sum that up, that's a 69% success rate after the first two weeks. Now you can imagine how miserable my first two weeks were when you see the total was 71-47-4 with 8-plus money dogs. That goes to about 3400 bucks that you would have made by buying a package for ninety or two hundred and ninety nine dollars. That's that's an incredible record. And the, and here's the thing: if you've been on this, uh, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that all of this is verified. All of it is. Several people can verify them because I send my picks to the same. I send my picks randomly, but I also have four or five people like. The guys that do my show, I send them the private picks as well for two reasons. 
One, because I was hot, I thought it would be a reward if you played those. And two, it never hurts to have extra accountability in a cash business where transparency is not the norm. You have to trust the person you're listening to. I don't care if it's your doctor or your bookie. <laughs> you have <laughs> to trust that this person knows what they're talking about and they've got a track record you can look at. And Phil has a track record you can look at. Uh, I got the picks yesterday morning and um, saw one that I had not considered. All right. Which one was that? Oh, which one was it? Was it the uh, total in the Atlanta Falcons game? No, it was the uh, Dallas pick. Oh, that was mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I actually had a better number in Oregon than you had in uh, New York. Yes, that's right. You ended up with three and a half. That was Saturday, remember? And, and the week this week, I did three. I, I wanted to be cautious. Because it's the last week of the season and so many teams, you know, are doing funny things. You've got coaches that are probably going to get fired. Maybe the preparation wasn't as good as or as it usually is, perhaps. But, yeah, I like that Dallas pick. That was great. I ended up 1-1-1 one, one, and one this weekend. I, I pushed on the uh, Browns game. But some people got four and, minus 4.5, four and so they won. So some of my customers caught the... The line early, some of them got five and end up pushing, but uh, on the Cleveland game, and then we got massacred on the other one. The Jets, well, the Jets had a chance, and then they gave up two fourth quarter touchdowns, and that missed. But what a great season! And I'm very happy that my customers benefited. I'm very extremely happy that my listeners did well because this show printed money like it has for the past 14 seasons. And a lot of it has to do with this Monday show. So, good stuff. It's always fun to win. Yeah, winning's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask these you know, coaches you know who didn't. Not fun? What's not fun is uh, running around and checking 20 different places to see the analysis. <laughs> and 17 of those places, you have no idea how well they have or have not done. And... So I do this for fun. I don't do it for income. Uh, but I only go to one place. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And, and we had a good season so far. And I'm looking forward to the playoffs. I usually stop at the regular season like I did with baseball. When I hit 100 units in baseball this year, plus 100. I stopped. I only did a couple games in the playoffs. You know, I was more interested in the football but we're going to carry you all the way through, both here on the show, Cash with Flash, and of course, the Wolf Line. We're all going to do it. But Saturday, the playoffs begin, and the first game of the day is the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, I thought that game yesterday was going to end up in a tie. They are six and a half point away underdogs to the Cincinnati Bengals. The total is 49 points. This could be a very interesting game for a lot of reasons, Michael. It's, yeah, 49 is the number? Uh, 49 currently, yeah. Wow. Those uh, are high totals, man. 
Yeah, that's about around where I expect. I was really surprised. Let's let's give uh, L.A. the credit. I mean, Vegas the credit they deserve. Um, I watched that game all the way through. Oh, you! I couldn't do it. I just got exhausted at the end. Yeah, yeah. I start at ten o'clock in the morning, and now you got a game that's ending at nine o'clock. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, please get this over with. Uh, I, I, I watched because I was a Herbert fan, uh, but I thought, uh, you know, Vegas surprised me. They look like a, a decent football team. Are you going to fire that coach now? Are you going to keep that guy? Well, you got to take the interim tag off because that could have been a big disaster. You know, Gruden put together a decent team and then all the, all these other issues and then you got these off-the-field alcohol arrests and DUI arrests and manslaughter arrests. God, that would have been tough to coach in that situation for sure. And yet, they seem to have done a great job. You know, some numbers for Vegas is that they were 8-4 and four this season overall, not against the spread, 8-4 and four against the AFC. They are 8-9-0 and oh against the spread overall. They're 4-4 four and four against the spread as the away team. But the Raiders enter this game really hot. They've run with a four-game winning streak. Cincinnati on the other side is 8-4 and four this season against the AFC. They are 10-7-0 against the spread overall and 4-5-0 against the spread at home. And they are 3-2 and two over their last five games. So we're going to see some interesting line movements, I'm sure. That's a lot of points, though, to give a team that doesn't cover at home. I have, I, Vegas has a chance. And so they have be- no shot because I'm going to be there in two weeks. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm, it, it's going to be totally dependent on what the line is. Um, that's a lot of points. It is. Can I ask you a qu- Let me ask you a question now. Okay. Uh, now, let's say, for example, you were doing this professionally, betting yeah. professionally. Because if you really, truly wanted to, you could. Um, would you just would you play this game early and take the six and a half points, hoping that the, the number goes down and you beat the closing line? All right. Six in Oregon. Okay. I just pulled it up. Okay. Uh, Vegas getting six. If if that line goes up at all, I'm going to be on Vegas. That's a good call. I, I don't know what I would do. I, I mean, know one thing. You give me seven, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. See, I could never give or take two and a half. Or six and a half because they're too close to being covered by three and seven. But if that goes to seven plus seven, I don't think you're going to get a better price than that. Then you've got to pull the trigger. This total, though, this is what this is a high total for this game, I would think. 49 points. Cincinnati has a pretty decent defense. 49 and a half. Oh, okay. It's 49 uh, at play up when I look. Uh, and I would be more than a little bit tempted 
to take the over. Yeah, I would probably be more tempted to take the under, but it's going to be interesting, and we're going to have all these games for you towards the end of the week when this line moves, but you can't touch this one. Just early anyway, because you don't want to play. You don't want to take six and a half. Not if you don't have to. No, those those the, the half point. I don't know, Phil. I I don't know. Me I the the thing the thing that I noticed uh, yesterday was they put a lot of pressure on Herbert. Uh, pretty consistent pressure. And you, you've you got to do that to, to Burrow. Um, and if they can do the same thing to Burrow that they were doing to Herbert, uh, Burrow doesn't move nearly as well, uh, that will keep him in that game. Both these teams can score. Uh, I don't know. Let's, let's watch the line move. We'll go from there. Well, that's exactly what we have to do. We have to watch the line movement. But one thing, if you want to consider that edge in sacks and the way the Vegas Raiders went after Herbert last night, Cincinnati has allowed Burrow to get sacked over 30 times this season. So, And I think it was like 9 or 12, 15 sacks over the last five games. I, I don't know that for sure, but I think so because I capped the Cincinnati game yesterday and I was quite convinced that the Browns' defensive line, even though it was injured, could get to him. And he didn't play, but they got to the other guy. So that might be the strategy. That might be the edge is in sacks. But again, we'll we'll talk about this more as we go on. Now we've got the other Saturday night game. New England-Buffalo, an AFC East matchup. The third time they've played each other this season. Buffalo is currently a minus 4.5 point home favorite. The total is awfully low at 43.5. Is this a game that you could find early week interest in? So, Oregon, uh, it's Buffalo given four. I watched New England yesterday. I wasn't impressed. Um, I haven't been real impressed with them for a couple weeks. Uh, my problem with Buffalo has always been their inability to run and their inability to stop the run. Uh, they seem to have found a running game all of a sudden. Same people that have been there the whole time. Uh, I don't like that number, though. <laughs> no, I don't like it either. Let's give you guys some details here. New England is 3-3 three and three versus the AFC East. They are two and three though over their last five games. Ten and seven against the spread this season and five three and oh against the spread as the away team. Buffalo, five and one versus the AFC East. Four game winning streak. Nine six and two against the spread overall. And four three and two against the spread at home. We're about to find out, and we don't know what the weather is or it's gonna be like this weekend. That's going to play a major role in this game, just like it did the first time they met. Whatever that is, it could be nothing. But we have to wait and see. That's the main thing you want to be checking is the weather there. It could be snowing and windy, and we could see another one of those 6-3 games or whatever. Buffalo is a team I do not trust. 
I do not trust this offense. I do not trust their defense that much. And I don't trust them at home. Hard to trust that team at home, Michael. I just can't do it. In New England, we all know what they're capable of. We all understand that Bill Belichick is a great coach. We also know that they defeated Buffalo in Buffalo this season. But that's all we know, and you can't I can't touch this game yet. No. Too no. hard. Until you know the weather. No, I'm not even looking. No, I wouldn't either. But it should be a fun Saturday. Now let's go to Sunday. Sunday we've got a couple of games here on the docket for Sunday. We've got the Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is an 8.5 point home favorite. The total is 49 points. What say you, my friend? That's an interesting game. <laughs> sure is. That's an interesting game. Um, eight and a half is what you're getting? Uh, eight and a half, yeah. Um, I'd be tempted to take the eight and a half in Philly. Yeah, I would too. You ready for some numbers? Yeah. All right, here we go. The Eagles are seven and five against the NFC this season. They are four and one over their last five games. They are eight eight and one against the spread and five four and zero oh against the spread as the away team. Tampa Bay is eight and four against the NFC this season. They are on a three game winning streak. They are nine eight and zero oh overall against the spread and six two and zero oh at home against the spread. Eight and a half is a lot of points for a team. That doesn't cover, but they do cover at home. It's a lot of, it's a lot. Of, number one, I would think that this is going to be, what what's the point number? The total is forty nine points. Yeah, see, I'd I'd be on the under on that. That's where you want to. That's what if I were playing this game today and had to make a wager, I'm taking the under because we do have two good defenses. We know what the Buccaneers are able to do. We've seen them cover huge spreads this season. We know that. But this Eagles team is pesky. And they fight. They have a tremendous ground attack that Tampa Bay may may have problems with. This is a... T- and, and I gotta say, I'm not a big fan of what goes with, with the coaching staff in Philadelphia. <laughs> They do things that are funny, but I like Jalen Hurts. I like the way they're playing entering into this game. But 49 points is too high for this game. They're not going to, they're not going to, Tampa Bay is not going to do that without Fournette and without Godwin. Just not going to do it. Not against this defense. No, and, and the, the, the thing of it is, is if, if Philly's running game, uh, Works mm-hmm. Tampa. The, the The objective is going to be keeping the ball away from Brady, and they may be able to do that. I mean, that forty nine is a ridiculous number. That's a big number. You know why? Because they want people to play the over. Because that's what the public does. The public 
craves high-scoring games, man. They always have. And that number is purposely set to uh, take a lot of money from folks. No question in my mind. Yeah, see, that's when I might jump on today just to take the under. You know, that that's not a bad idea. I'm actually going to log that right now in the uh, in the kit and caboodle there. That's for sure. I'm going to do it because that's too many, man. That you can find that pick at Bet Stamp. 49ers in Dallas. That ought to be interesting. Dallas is a three point home favorite. The total is 49.5. What do you like about this one? So I think both those numbers are just about right. Okay. Um, and I'm taking, I'm, I'm taking Dallas and the points. Yeah, I would. You're not going to get a better number than that. No, that that's right about where I think it ought to be, and, and so is the point number. I think you have to be right about that. Dallas 3, you're going to take, in, in the total, you'll probably leave that alone, though, right? Yeah. i just take Dallas. If you were going to bet on today, on this wager on this one today, you likely won't get a better total or a better play than Dallas minus 3. And I'm fully in agreement with you. I've been hitting the Dallas Cowboys against the spread so hard this season. We've made some great calls with that. And it should be a fun game. Now, the 49ers are 7-5 and versus the NFC this season. They are 4-1 and over their last five games. In fact, they have a four-game winning streak, correct? Correct. And 9-8-0 and this season against the spread. And 5-4-0 against the spread as the away team. Dallas is ten and two versus the NFC. They are four and one over their last five games. They are thirteen four and zero against the spread overall, and five three and zero against the spread as the home team. Yeah, you yeah. got to take that. You got to take that minus three if it's offered to you. You have to. You have to. Now we've got the nightcap for yeah. Sunday night. Pittsburgh. Takes on the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a 12.5-point home favorite. The total is 46.5. What do you like, Michael, about this game? Not much. I this, this is going to be a tough one. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not not a fan of those large numbers, generally speaking. Right. Um, I think the the... That that line is assuming that Kansas City is the Kansas City that exists in everybody's head, uh, the dominant uh, team they were two or three years ago. I don't think they are that team. Um, I, I I'm I might if I were forced to be, I, I might take the points in Pittsburgh just because it's just a ridiculously large spread. Um, a lot of that's going to depend on um, T.J. Watt. He looks if he, good. He, well, he looks hurt to me uh, at, toward the end of that game yesterday. Uh, so he's had a groin issue. If he's not there, well, that kind of flips the field. But um, 
I, I'm not convinced Kansas City is what we think they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tomlin is a good coach. I, I, I can't see Tomlin. Uh, Tomlin will find a way to hang in that game, just like he hung in that game yesterday. That was just brutal to watch. Oh, <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, not fun at all, but they slogged through it. They hung in there. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't think they're going to win. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to win, but I think the line should be more between seven and nine for that. I think so, too. If you're going to hit this game, you want to do it now. Um, yeah. Here's some numbers. Seven and, Pittsburgh is 7-5 and five against the AFC this season. They are 3-2 and two in their last five. And they're, they're coming in with a two-game winning streak. Dramatic wins both games by uh, Pittsburgh. They're 8-9 and nine against the spread this season and 4-4-0 four, four and oh against the spread as the away team. Kansas City. Seven and five against the AFC, four and one in their last five games, eight nine and zero against the spread, and four five and zero against the spread at home. This team ain't covering. They haven't covered much. They've cost people money this season. If you played every one of their games, and I think twelve and a half is way too much considering that Mike Tomlin team since two thousand and seven are forty one twenty and one against the spread as a way underdog, something like that. It's, it's an absurd number, and every one of these covers as the away team, they were underdogs, I think. So uh, that's a hard one if you wait. It's a lot easier if you don't. You're taking a chance, obviously. it could The line could go up, but right now, if I had to play, and I'm going to log this now, Steelers plus 12.5. Yeah, I think I I think I'm with you on that. I, again, I'm going to wait, uh, which means I may you know lose lose that number. But if T.J. Watt is hurt or he's not going to play, you know, uh, th- that that goes off the board for me. That's fair, and and I'm in agreement with you there. Now the last game of the NFC Wild Card Playoffs is Monday night. We have a Monday night football between the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. Both of these teams look like Super Bowl contenders in the beginning of the season. The Rams have done okay over their last five games. They're 4-1. and one. The Cardinals, however, are just 1-4 and four over their last five. What do you like about this one? Nothing. No, not I get- agree. I'm not getting anywhere near it. I, I don't. I've been wrong about both of these teams. Um, they they persuade you that they're good, and then they go out and they look so good. Uh, you know, yesterday I'm watch I watched the L.A. game. Stafford looked great part of the time, and then he throws the game away. Yeah, he's had a big problem with those interceptions. We highlighted those. On yesterday's report, how he likes to throw interceptions. Well, he doesn't like to. He just happens to do. He's also thrown 41 touchdown passes. But this is an interesting one because the Rams are four-point home favorites. And the total is 50 and a half. 
Interesting stuff. Yeah, I uh, again, gun to my head, I'll take I'll take the Rams and the points because Arizona just doesn't look stable right now. They just they just look odd to me. Like they there's no consistency even in game with Arizona. And that to me is a coaching problem. Uh, but Seattle just laid the lumber to him yesterday. Oh, they sure did. They sure did. They surely did. And that's not a good Seattle team. So at this on on Monday, after however many hours yesterday and the grand celebration over the firing of Zimmer, I will venture out and probably say, if I were going to take, it'll be the Rams. Yeah, that's boy. You know, I want to, I want to be there with you. But um, one of the things that I noticed is how well Arizona covers, especially as their away team. They're eight and one against the spread this season as the away team, and ten and seven overall. The Rams are eight to nine against the spread this season, and let me see, four four and zero at home against the spread. And here's the other part that's fun: the Arizona Cardinals are four and two against the NFC West. The Rams are just three and three against the NFC West. So, I. I'm not touching this game right now. I can't even think to touch this game right now. But I'm sure that we will at some point this week. So you got to keep tuning in and you got to keep looking at that wolf line. At some point, this game will end up somewhere and a pick will be somewhere. You can also trail us at betstamp.app. Great stuff today, man. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh, say bad things about Mike Zimmer. Oh, I'll do that for you every single week if you like. My cat was getting tired of hearing it, and uh, Smokey had to go outside because uh, of my rants. I was so mad yesterday, I couldn't see straight. I'm sure. I have vented it out in another fine program by you. I appreciate that. You can find Michael over at Phoenix Preacher on Twitter, where he does some rants on the Vikings, especially their former head coach. Mike Zimmer, who now is looking for work. And I'll bet with six vacancies open or just this moment, you're going to see him resurface again. Because he did prove that he could win in the NFL. He just didn't prove that he could win consistently or manage a good enough, manage his football team enough to take that talented bunch of offensive players and somehow find a way into the playoffs. Like the much inferior inferiorly talented Pittsburgh Steelers difference is coaching my friends it always is and that's going to wrap it up for today's show playup.com sign up for an account and find out why playup is always your best bet bet stamp tracks us the wolf line sports trading newsletter the only one of its kind if anyone has one of those that isn't the wolf line they're in big trouble because I think the Wolf Line has adequate legal protection. Until next time, y'all take care of yourselves. Be good.
And most importantly... Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page.